Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass, and with me, as always, my co-host, Tyler Hebner. Hello, hello. Uh, Tyler, I know mm-hmm. the first thing that you're going to want to talk about on this podcast mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that you watched uh, a new show that is just so good Mm-mm. that you can't help but Mm-mm. just sing its praises to the world. Yeah, Obi-Wan's not very good. <laughs> it's pretty bad, actually. I'm actively not like excited to watch it anymore, but I got to see it through. You acted, You basically had a live uh, text message meltdown to me over the, the episode that I didn't even get through because five minutes into it, I realized I hadn't watched any of it. I was just looking at my phone the whole time and didn't care that I had missed it. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm putting this away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you know you're done with the show. It, you can't have a show that is like a prequel and have characters in it that you know are okay and then put them in dangerous situations. Like, it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. There's no suspense to it. Yeah, and then you're inventing villains that you know are going to be less powerful. Like, it's it's all yeah. dumb. It's really dumb. It's not even fan service in a way that's fun either, right? <laughs> like, Yep weird they have that one weird show that one part where uh i guess spoilers for obi-wan um that one part where he gets like dragged through the fire by darth vader or whatever and just comes out completely yeah and comes out fine because he has to because he's also going to be old with white hair in nine years so that's going to be a weird transition for him (laughs) like doesn't make it doesn't make it very much sense at all it's not just not very well written um you know what i think they're going to do tyler if they don't decide to do a second season Mando's gonna walk in. Oh, <laughs> no, no, is season. Vader's gonna do the like fucking lightning uh hand thing to him just enough that it makes him old? Oh my god, yeah, that would be stupid, right? And then that way they can like retcon in the fact that he's like old and he looks like shit. completely terrible in, in New Hope, yeah. uh, where he dies like swing twice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a child. Well, he's old. Oh, uh, right. yeah, they build up this character. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's yep. better. At least they didn't bring back Qui-Gon, I guess. No, don't speak too soon. Oh, God. I'm just, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of other new crap on Disney+, Plus, uh, I watched episode one of Miss Marvel, and I actually really enjoyed it and laughed out loud a few mm. times. I don't know what that is. Uh, she's like a Muslim oh, superhero. I yeah, I don't care. There was a, there was a part where she's she's like young, right? Um, so they're doing, she's doing her driving test and she immediately backs into a car that, Oh, it happens to be the driving instructor's car. But then the Classic. parents show up and the, the mom immediately goes, why did you put her in such a bad situation out there on the road with all those other cars? And she's like <laughs> yelling at the driving instructor. And I laughed out loud. I was like, is yeah. this like a well-known superhero? Uh, well in the Marvel continuity, she's a newer, but so basically okay. her, her shtick is that she was questions. she's like a big Captain Marvel fangirl. Okay. Like she loves Captain Marvel. So okay. she wants to be Captain Marvel and then she like discovers this ancient I don't know, they're not at the part yet where I've to be honest, I don't know much about Miss Marvel. She's past my um time period for reading comic books basically. Okay. Uh so it's kind of fun to actually learn about a new character for once, which mm-hmm. hasn't happened really yet for me, but uh, cool. So that's cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to actually more episodes of that. Um, yeah, all the power to you. And then I watched most of Wild Wild Country. That's an oldie but a goodie for I sure. I found mostly Matt, to be honest. Uh, it was good. Come on. It's, I don't know. The like the part that I laughed the hardest at was when that it's one not, old white lady. Don't think it's the la- what? I don't think it's a, it's not a comedy. That's for sure. Oh, it was to me. Oh God! Uh, there's this part where this, like, this. T- long story short, like this cult religion, whatever you want to call it, um, cult decides to build this essentially of their own city outside of a tiny little town in what is it, Omaha or something like that, Idaho? I forget where now. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the Midwest. Um, and so basically, they're interviewing this lady who lives in the town, and she's complaining that these people are going to come in and like destroy their culture and take their town over. And I'm just thinking on my walk, looking at what year it was, and I'm like, so it's what, like the 70s? So like less than 100 years ago, like you 
you probably didn't have that land. I wonder who had it before and how you got it. Hmm, weird. It's weird that it's a problem when it's happening to you. Uh, I laughed out loud pretty hard at that. Um, Fun times. But it's one of those documentaries that seems like it's going to be this huge, crazy thing. And honestly, it's really not. Because um, they show all that footage of them having those like giant sessions. Where they're all naked together and like writhing mm-hmm. around and stuff. And they keep hammering those in. And they literally show them for like five seconds in one episode. And say nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not what I was expecting. I found it kind of... I just kind of watched it. <laughs> to be honest. Just to see if I was going to go anywhere interested. And I kind of felt like it didn't i feel like the way they edited it even it was like they gave away a lot of the stuff like the fact that the one lady is already living in switch i don't know just felt weird um okay hockey stuff you want to talk hockey stuff stanley cup finals no we're not there yet we don't do that we do that last come on can't we just say can we just say like we're we're officially in the last series yes we are officially in the last series uh which means that we are probably getting to break time for the podcast, but we will have draft and free agency podcasts. But mm-hmm. um, okay, off season is the best time of year. Off season, I'm already getting excited for keeper season, uh, even though that is probably two months away. But um, and I have lots of life stuff in between that um, mm-hmm. will be interesting, probably. Um, so let's go life stuff. Ooh, let's talk life stuff actually, because this is yeah. recent. This is hot breaking news as of last night, basically. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about incest or infidelity? <laughs> you should. You should probably. <laughs> you should probably start by saying this isn't. Uh, this isn't our life stuff. <laughs> you, you just understand how you ended that last sentence. Oh yeah, like, it's great. I'm gonna have a lot of life stuff happening between then. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And then you're like, oh, let's talk about life stuff. And I'm like, why would we do that? We're talking. We're talking about hockey. And then we're you talking say about hockey life or infidelity. Stuff. No, you didn't specify that at all. Well, it's a hockey podcast. People should know that we don't talk you're about right. hockey you, stuff you on really here. You really frame on. that up poorly. Come on. Anyways, um, let's talk about uh, infidelity because it's probably the more real one, apparently. So basically, there's a video going around of McDavid holding a girl's hand, um, and everybody's losing their minds about it. And I and she's I don't touching know. his butt too. Oh, okay, she's touching his butt. Great. Yeah. Um, this is the most hockey of scandals of all time, Tyler. This is fucking <laughs> nothing. This is so vanilla. And dumb. Do you know how many players probably do this every night that are married, yeah. let alone in have a girlfriend or whatever? Give me a break. Like you say on. that, you say that, but everybody has phones now. I don't know if it says. Yeah, but Tyler, this is the best part about it. it. Is the majority of hockey players nobody who knows who the fuck they are, and nobody uh, gives a shit to record them? Yeah, maybe that's fair. Like, I remember one time, this was years and years ago, and I don't even know what I was, how I got there, but I was on some rando Facebook page, and I just saw pictures of a bar, like somebody at a bar, and Tyler Sagan was shirtless in them. (laughs) It wasn't promoted as that. He was just in some of these pictures shirtless, and it wasn't, like, promoted even as Sagan or Tyler, any of that stuff. Like, nobody probably even knew who he was. Yeah, that's fair. So it just happened to be McDavid at a time where he had just been in the playoffs for a long time. Like, it, I think it was just the perfect storm. Like, he, there's no way this is the first time he's just been like, oh, yeah, fuck it. I guess we'll never know. I don't, I don't really know what I, I mean. Like, he if is anything, very there's famous... no proof there anything happened, but. Yeah, but his girlfriend is like pretty well known in the like hockey community and stuff. In the WAG community. Ooh, oh, finally I, I can tell this story. Tyler. Oh, jeez. So there was all these me- like things going around on Twitter during the playoffs because the Oilers' WAGs were like getting different shirts per round yes. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and this is when I realized that the acronym for WAG was not what I thought it was. What did you think it was? I thought... <laughs> and given hockey, I hope you'll realize why I thought it was this. I thought it meant white ass girls. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I thought when people would post like, oh, here are the Dallas Stars wags, it would just be all these white chicks with blonde <laughs> hair for the most part. And I would be like, yeah. oh, that's like, is it, are they throwing shade all the time with this term? No, it means wives mm. and girlfriends. Um, uh. Which is not like necessarily inclusive, um, I would say, but come on. Uh, well, it's only one gender, Tyler. 
Yeah, but you, there's no openly sure. Yeah, but some of those, I mean, even if there is wives and girlfriends, some of them may identify not as a female. You don't know. Sure, we can't yeah, assume. No, you're right. You're especially right. nowadays, especially yep. with like a 22 year old blonde, you don't know what she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what Bruce Cassidy wants to be employed. Oh, we're not going to talk about incest. Oh, right. We forgot about Sammy it. saying sexy to his uh, sister's Instagram post. Sammy Boy called his sister sexy and everybody thought it was weird. As it is, but apparently in French it means something slightly different. Like it's uh, more common to use that term. But anyways. Well, I mean. Hilarious day. Let's not lean into a, a French stereotype about being weird about things like that. Yeah. <laughs> No, we uh we all say that. Yes, no, it's French yeah. thing. Yes, we all say it. Oh God! All of okay, us. relax. Oh. Don't don't pop out the act. My sister Let's very relax. sexy. My aunt is sexy. <laughs> oh Jesus! That doesn't even sound French. My daughter sexy. Oh, we Jesus. all say it. It's funny. Come on. You sound like Borat. Jesus. <laughs> that's why it's. That's why you have to do it that way. You have to make it sound like nothing. Because if it actually sounds like something, uh, it's an actual stereotype. It's just me Nick, being an idiot. Nikolai Anthropov is Nikolai Anthropov is very upset right now. Uh, Nick and drop off. That's uh, <laughs> what I was taught when I watched Leaf games. Nice. Uh, and it's Ponikaharski, by the way. Oh God. But yeah, Bruce Cassidy got fired, kind of out of nowhere. Made the playoffs every year and won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> Just a bizarre move. And apparently, you know, Bergeron said he wouldn't come back if that was um, apparently. Yeah, and the kids don't like him. Bullshit. And it well, sounds like is it, most is of it the bullshit though. But most of the fire eye and smoke I hear is around Sweeney, not Cassidy. I think this was a power struggle, and Sweeney held the upper hand and used his bullet. Yeah, Sweeney. Sweeney's a terrible GM. He's not like. How do you how do you succeed Shirelli and be somehow worse? I don't think he's worse. I I mean, they've been good and competitive, and how much of that is just having a good core? But like, he is not a good drafter, and it looks like they're going to be rebuilding soon, which is kind of scary. Bruce Cassidy will definitely find a job, and it will be with a very good team, probably. Um, I okay. So if you are hiring right now, you have tons of options on the market. With Cassidy out there, is he your number one target now over Trotz? It depends what your team is like. I would say, if 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 I'm like like I use Vegas as an example, like as an absolute win now team, Trotz is probably my number one. But if I want a team that is maybe more veteran heavy that I want to get the most out of, probably Cassidy. I would say. Where do you so again, like Vegas essentially would be the best fit for him? I mean, neither of those coaches are good for the uh, like technically, neither of those coaches are good for the team they have built, which is a little concerning, right? Like, I don't think Jack Eichel's gonna respond well to either of those two coaches, unfortunately. Probably not, no. Um, what's a good example of that? I, I, I it's so hard for me to keep track of who has coaches oh, like there's so many open jobs right now well it sounds it like really could be um philly interviewed trots wanted them but obviously they're not going to get them so it sounds like it sounds like they might go towards <laughs> which is fine i mean the philly i mean that's Flyers philly so officially that makes, dead yeah philly like torts probably deserves to coach in philly at least once in his life yeah. given who he is um, i feel like it's going to end terribly um but i think if torts goes to philly this is going to be the last time he gets to coach yeah, because yeah. they're I gonna have expectations, probably. and the team's not good. Yeah, and they'll like make the playoffs miraculously in the first year or something, and then it'll all blow up next year when they load up and sign guys for way too much money that they shouldn't have. Honestly, if if I'm the Oilers, I'd probably try and get Cassidy. I think that's probably a pretty good fit, to be honest. The Oilers bringing Jay Woodcraft back next year seems insane, regardless of what happened this year. Given yeah, who's on I the would. Market. Uh, you have to at least look, right? Like, and I would definitely be looking at, at Cassidy for that job. Like, just and, and again, like you're you want a team that's kind of on the edge, on the bubble, if you will. It's just so hard for me to remember who has coach openings and not because like Winnipeg makes sense, but they also have a lot of young guys that need to come in. Like, you basically shouldn't want well, to have Detroit any has an opening. Yeah, but they're all young kids. Uh, like, Islanders, you, obviously. No, Islanders. Uh, Lane Lambert was hired. Oh, right. he was the Lambert first got, new coach yeah. hired, right? Uh, I could. I don't. I'm shocked that New Jersey hasn't fired Lindy Ruff and jumped on one of these yeah. guys. 
again, like, yeah, I guess Cassidy's best fit is really Vegas, but it seems like everybody's best fit if as a good coach is Vegas right now. I think Vegas is given what's uh, given what's out there right now as available teams. Vegas is what arguably the best of the teams yeah. that is looking for a coach right now, and Winnipeg is probably second. Florida, Florida, technically oh well, too. Florida technically, but I mean, if I'm yeah. Florida, it'd be really hard to bring Brunette back with like DeBoer, Cassidy, and Trotz out there. I think. But I guess DeBoer's yeah. been there before, so you can't bring him back. Well, I guess that's not like that hasn't been done before, but Yeah. I'd probably just stick with Burnett there, I would think. I don't think they're I would too, get... but they fired his assistants, eh? Mm-hmm. Or let them go mm-hmm. or didn't renew their contracts or however they worded it. But Yeah, because those are um those are technically Quenville's guys. Yeah. And I would think Brunette would want some A, yeah, his own guys, and B probably wants some experience on his bench, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It'll be uh, interesting. The clo- coaching carousel is going to be really fun this offseason. Yeah. Um, I think uh, another carousel that's going to be really fun is the goalie situation for multiple teams out there, uh, including the team that fired their goalie coach uh, this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Longtime goalie coach Steve Breer was fired by the Leafs. Tyler, he was there in the Babcock era. Mm, fun. Yep. They're looking at a total overhaul of their goaltending department in regards to development and everything. Uh, so they're starting over, yeah. which is probably long overdue given how fucking long it's been since that team even had a decent goalie. Yeah. Or drafted saw, one. Speaking of somewhat decent goalies, I saw also a, a, um, a note that John Gibson's available this offseason. And there was a lot going around on the Twitter sphere of like what an offer would look like for him. Yeah. Um, so that, that'll obviously be interesting to watch too because it's a pretty big name goalie, although he might not be... Th- he might not be good anymore. He's probably like, you know, Darcy Kempfer, I would say. Probably similar. If, you, if you're if you Anaheim and you're trading Gibson, who has term left, is a known quantity, uh, regardless of how well he's been recently, like some GM is going to overvalue him, right? Especially signing yeah, for that many years. Yeah, you're getting a first. You could probably eat money on that and not have to worry yeah. about it, at least a million or two. Yeah, you're definitely getting a first-round pick, I would say. and then Yeah, but what do you prospects. want, though, if you're Anaheim? Do you want futures, Picks. or do you want something with term? Like a, a no. young... Do you want, like, a 22-year-old with years? You want picks. They're not a, They're not that close. They're not to ready people. yet? Okay. No. So you basically no. want to do a Coyotes thing where you're getting as many ass, potential future yeah. lottery tickets as possible. You're not getting You're not getting a team's best or even second-best prospect. Uh, right. No, you're basically trying to grab that first for the draft next year, 100%. That's yeah. that you basically have to get that or you're not trading him, mm-hmm. um, I would say. And then you want at least a B-level prospect and and some form of a roster play. You're probably going to have to take money back to make the deal work. So you're probably looking at a 2 or $3 million bottom six forward probably. Yeah. A lot of Leafs fans saying like uh, Mrazic at first and like, a, a middling ish prospect. I mean, I wouldn't do that if I was Anaheim. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't. Because you would but... assume that Toronto, even if it is in this draft, you would assume Toronto's first is going to be in the bottom ten, which isn't great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a good team, right? Uh, if I'm, tr- yeah, I would at least want a decent prospect. I would want a, a first a prospect, and then some bottom six forward that you maybe could flip at the deadline type thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if they trade them. There's a lot of teams out there that could use a goalie and the market's super thin. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in New Jersey, aren't you at least seeing what the price is? Um, do you think they would take Blackwood back? Like, do you think you could send them back Blackwood and be like, Hey, let's just switch problems and we'll throw in a pick or something. (laughs) That'd be a pretty smart move from by. Well, I don't think Blackwood has nearly the amount of value that, Gibson would have, but that'd be a pretty smart move by Anaheim. Anaheim would take a youngish goalie back. Yep. High pick. Maybe another prospect or like you said, Ross, some sort of young yeah, just like some like falling th- out of favor. Yeah. Like an Andreas Janssen, who I think has one year left mm. at three million or something. And just... No, that's not that's not sexy enough. There's no no. There's no like you need something with a little bit more of a ceiling. Yeah, but they need forwards though, man. They lost Raquel. They're not gonna get a lot of guys back. They're gonna sign some guys. Don't worry. It'll be like they'll be like San Jose was last year. Remember when they signed like Benino and all these shitters? Basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> and the problem was they didn't really trade most of them at the deadline. So, yeah. 
the yep. shitters. Well, I God, I need to remember that for next year when uh, <laughs> when we do like a draft review or something or trade reviews. We'll just be like, okay, yeah. this was a shitter. <laughs> it's just trade. <laughs> uh, speaking of shitter, we got to do some signings because there's been some oh, recent boy. signings that we have a real big shitter oh, to boy. talk about, but it's the most <laughs> recent one, so we're not getting to that one yet. Uh, I don't actually think there's only from what I saw from last. There's three we need to talk about really uh we need to talk about all of them they're one-way deals we have one two yeah, there's three, three four five one-way deals what yep which okay Can go since ahead. june 6th because the one happened like i think after the the day after we recorded because we were actually we talk talking about, about him on the podcast didn't we talk about roslovich though no we didn't talk about him oh okay and we didn't Never talk about the then. one before that. Yes, I know the one before we definitely need to talk about, but I could have sworn we talked about Rosalvich. No, because it wouldn't have happened yet because that was the day okay. after. Okay. Whoa, math boy, relax. Don't use your Holy advanced shit. stats with me. We have dates I don't need to and know they what work in dates order. Are. Fuck you. Shut up. Tyler went to Australia for a day and came back and thought <laughs> we talked about Rosalvich. Okay. Uh, so 32-year-old. Uh, right-hand defenseman Chris Weidman signed a two-year, $762,500 deal with the Montreal Canadiens, which is fine. Whatever. Do Sweet. it. The absolute minimum I think he could sign for. Perfect. Yep. Uh, great, and he got two signing. years, so good for him uh, for a guy who had good to go for overseas the, for a while. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. I, I think it's a great deal. Uh, next up, we have 25-year-old Jack Roslovich, center right wing. A two-year deal at four million per, which seems rich for yeah, his offensive deal. output. Like I think you're betting on him to be the player he was in the second half of the year and not the first half, right? I mean, still he's still young-ish, like twenty-five. Like we're start, like he's basically hitting his prime right now. You would you would say? Look, Columbus and, isn't trying to do anything but find guys that are going to be good. Yeah. So this is he was a twenty. He, he was a twenty twenty guy at a career year. Yeah. Fuck it. It's a bridge, right? And he was good in the shortened season. He had thirty-four points in forty-eight games. So like, there's some, there's got to be something there, right? If anything, he's like a decent second liner. Four million dollars could get you a lot worse. And it's someone who you can move away from if you need to at the end of the deal. Like, it's only two years. It's not gonna. They're not two years away from being like, go all in. We need all the cap space we possibly could ever need, right? It's Honestly, not a super risky deal. If I'm Columbus, I'm doing everything I can to make him valuable, and this is the exact type of guy that a team is 100% giving you a first round pick for at the deadline. 100%. Yeah, this is the two year rental. Yeah, two year rental. Yeah. This is the classic Tampa Bay bottom six guy, center right wing, can play both positions, can chip in some goals. Like, yeah. And what did they trade him for? Let me just. Well, he was in the back. line A deal. Yeah, but like what he was did, like a throw-in they... borderline in the friggin' line ideal. Was there like is there anything we can extrapolate from that deal to see like what the return potentially would be like on investment there? Hold on, I'm checking. Well, I, I, I don't remember the line ideal exactly. It was exactly. PLD, and I think maybe a pick. It was it was line A and Roslovich for PLD and a third. So yeah. basically, they just need to get a third better than a third for him, which and they is hundred percent will. Easy. Yeah, which so like already a good return on investment for, um, for the Blue Jackets, I would say. And for a guy who, Regardless even if he has is. twenty goals next year at the deadline, they're gonna get more than the third for him. <laughs> yeah, man, he's. I mean, with a little bit more, you know, ice time, power play time, he could be a thirty goal scorer. Like, there's that's not yep. a huge that's not a huge jump, and for four mil, like that's a risk. I'd sign that contract all day. He's a guy 100% you want to have on your fantasy radars late in rounds uh, mm -hmm. next year. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up, 25-year-old, right wing, left Divisive. wing. Dennis Gurionov signed a one-year $2.9 million. Uh, if you aren't good next oh, year, boy. we are walking away contract. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a... Um... This is a player we both have been very high on in the past. Um, he had now, 20 goals like, in his first season. Looked like a complete sniper, but now he just kind of looks like nothing. He had 17 points in that, that Stanley Cup final run. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you wonder, that's another team that needs a coach, right? So. Yep. You wonder I would if give that's, him, yeah. you hope the right coach, coach goes there. Yeah. I would give him. Um, I'd definitely give him another season. Actually, that's a I good might... Bruce Cassidy spot that we didn't talk about. Would be Dallas. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I think they're interest. I think I saw that they were interviewed. They 100 percent have already interviewed him. I think. Yeah, because like, 
Radulov's pr- gone, mm-hmm. right? He's gone at the end of this season. He's a UFA. He's going to so make like, a couple million in the KHL for a few more years and then call it a career, yeah, probably. He's probably done. He's in probably the NHL, done. I would think. Yeah. So that opens up a roster spot, right? In that top six for the most well, part. Well, he right? played on the. Radulov was mostly on the fourth line this year, though. Oh, but he it? was on that second power play. I know game. he was awful. Yeah. So regardless, it's minutes that are yeah. available for Guriano to take. And yeah, he. I mean, two point nine million isn't nothing. So they're gonna have to play him. Be interesting to see how he does. I had him as a keeper one year, but I will not be uh, holding on to him again. I might have. I might have too, actually. To be honest, hold on. I gotta check. Um. Oh, my phone's in front of me. Stupid. Okay. Uh. Next up, twenty-two-year-old Vitali Kravtsov signs a one-year, eight hundred seventy-five thousand-dollar mm. contract to return to the New York Rangers after leaving for the KHL and throwing a piss fit last year. Um. Had a terrible season in the KHL. If you look at his numbers, I uh, don't. Yep. I get bringing him back, twenty-two-year-old, eight seventy-five. You're doing that all day, um, because they're probably going to lose some forwards, uh, in New York. But I think this is probably going to lead to somebody getting traded and we're going to talk about that probably when we get to the playoff stuff i don't know if you could say he had a bad season i mean he didn't play very much in the khl he but scored he like 12 goals in... or something no that was last year so last year he played 49 games had 24 points and like that horrible season that he had this past year he played 19 games in the khl in the regular season 13 points and then in the playoffs, he had 10 in 15 games. I'm sorry. Having 13 points. points in 19 games in the KHL I'm, isn't exactly me being it's like, not, wow. It's not horrible. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, you know how it is in the KHL, man. We don't know how, what his ice time and utilization was. He's True. 22. You know, they are, we don't even know if the stats are, are, the, are correct, technically. Well, also, the KHL do, actively doesn't play young kids for whatever reason. Like, it just doesn't happen. So, I'm at the point now with Kratzoff where, until I see it, uh, he is a non talking point for me like he's hit that um he's hit that level for me where i'm just like kind of just tired of hearing his name and when he makes the nhl and starts to do something then i will start to pay attention again um but yeah Uh, okay last up uh the oldest the well not the (laughs) oldest but the longest tenure gm in the entire nhl uh broke the classic potted pod rule which is don't sign a bottom pairing or bottom six forward for t- for more than two years. Uh, 25-year-old Jeremy Lauzon, uh, four years, two million per by the National Predators, which is just yeah, it's just insane. It's a lot of term. He's he's below replace. Projected to be below replacement level next year. Like that yeah. is, and you're paying him more. Like that's insane. And I'm pretty sure he was a healthy scratch at points in their playoff run. This seems well, like, like well, he only played three games, so I think yeah, Nashville well, they only played, played four. Yeah, they only played four. Three games, and he was a minus three. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, in the regular season, I don't think he was getting much, um, much play time. Like I, I vaguely remember him being scratched because I was like, why did you acquire this guy at the deadline and and then just bench him like? Is he really just depth? And then they took they took one goal across six, 16 games, and we're like, yeah, this is yeah, that's two million. This is the maybe. type of player Let's we go. want. Yeah, four years of this. I mean, he's only signed until he's twenty nine. So the I would say the the ceiling is low, the floor is kind of low, but not bad. But the likelihood of him outperforming two million dollars is not decent but it's not nothing like if this isn't the worst deal in the world it's only two million dollars but if like he he would essentially need to do something in the first two years of this deal um to make it worth it basically it's just like a really weird risk for no reason on a team that is doesn't have the most cap space in the world you could say um and kind of needs to get younger overall uh i think i figured it out tyler what uh do you know what they traded for him at the deadline to seattle a second yeah yeah that's a lot that's way like he should have been yeah. like a conditional like sixth yeah that's yeah that's just a gm doubling down on a bad idea for four years apparently like did he hit did he block a shot one time and you're like oh yes this guy need him need that yeah. in my life i mean to be 
fair. I mean, not to be fair, to be critical of the way that this team is built, they really don't have any good defensemen behind Yossi or Ekholm, and Ekholm's and, and both of those two are getting old. Um, like the rest of the guy, it's just a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So like, you know, Philip Myers, Dante Fabro, I don't think has been as good as uh, people expected. Then you have Borowiecki and K- Alexander Carrier, and then you know basically nothing after that. Um, and I don't recall their defensive prospect pool being anything of note at all so n- nothing like really on the way if you will they rough they i poil it's time <laughs> it's time yeah he needs to I'm move up now. like he needs to be the president and somebody else be there something like they need a sh- that whole org needs a giant shake up like they have one of the lowest uh hiring rates of anybody basically that's not a white person or male like their analytics department is kind of not great like they need to it's time it's time for them to move into the future Um, they've got they've got 21 million dollars of cap space and they need to sign forsberg um and then like a, a few rfas that aren't like super attractive and they've got a lot of money tied up in like some not good players but like they could be a player on the i could easily see them going after klingberg and just doing that like horrible, you know, seven or eight mil times six kind of thing, which would be funny. But I heard um, rumors yeah. of Gaudro to Nashville, and that blew my mind. I was like, oh. "What are they? Do- what? What are they doing?" Oh, that would be a horrible decision for him. But would you rather have Gaudro or Forsberg? Gaudro, right? Mm, see, I shouldn't be thinking so hard on this because I know Gaudreau is the better player, but. Philip Forsberg has done what he's done with no center forever. True. But he gets hurt like, a lot. Forever. That's the big difference to me. Which is which is fine. I'm just saying Johnny Gaudreau's always had like a decent center. Like Sean Monaghan back in the day was good. Yeah. Right? He's not good anymore. And then now Elias Lindholm is good. I don't know if I trust him necessarily like gun to my head in, on a team with no centers. I think he needs a good – like a, at least a decent center. And like is – Matt Duchesne's mostly playing wing these days. Like, is is Marcus Johansson or is um, Mikhail Granlund and Ryan Johansson really like the one two you want to play him with? Well, according to Poyle, it is. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, okay. Speaking of tough ones, uh, the uh, Oilers were swept. Um, who could yes, have they predicted? Were. Um, <laughs> I'm sure someone could have. Uh, so, uh, Miko Lettinen scores the OT winner in game four, sending his team to the cup final in overtime for the second year in a row. Uh, what'd you call him? Did I say Miko? Yes, you did. Oh, Arturi Lettinen. Whoa. I was like, Miko Lettinen, what? I was just making Who's up that? names, I guess. Arturi yeah, Lettinen. Sorry, Arturi. Yeah. No worries. He's uh, the first time I think that I read that's the first time that's happened since Gorge Rillion in the 30s of the Leafs or something like that, which cool. to me doesn't even count. So as far as I'm concerned, that's the first time that's happened. He's a very good playoff performer. I will give him that. Uh, so good trade for the Avalanche. That basically makes up for whatever they gave up uh, for him, which I don't think was a ton anyways. but Not that I recall, no. Uh, so after the playoffs ended, we found out that Darnell Nurse played with a torn hip flexor, um, which we once and again are. Yeah, that seems bad and not like you couldn't play hockey. And he was with bad. That. I wonder why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, why do they? We bring this up. I feel like every or I bring it up every playoffs. Why do there's keep being this thing in hockey where you let injured players play when you know they're going to be bad just because? It's not even. Is, okay, like so it's I was a, a cross a sports thing, I guess I should say, but well, not necessarily. I think the way I was thinking about it when I heard that was okay. So clearly, the coach doesn't think that whoever they have as the seventh or eighth defenseman is better than about half of Darnell Nurse, which I don't think Darnell Nurse is two times better than an NHL defenseman, if that makes sense. Right, like, is he really two times better than uh, Russell? I just what's his? But that's what know, I mean. I, I can't understand being that thing. guy in the room who was scratched for him and finding out, even if you didn't know, that he played with a torn hip flexor and basically couldn't move, and you didn't get to play, and you probably could have like run through a wall, 
And it's like, I, yeah. I couldn't have been more effective out there. Like, really? And to me, like, it's not even, it's not even that he played. It's that he played like he was healthy. Yeah. Like, I, I have more this. This is more on the coach to me. Like, you've got to be able to identify that this guy doesn't have it. Drop him down to the third pair and play him third pair minutes. Yeah, but play he's the old man coach, though. That's no, but problem. that's what I'm saying is you, if you're going to play a guy hurt, play it a hit, play them accordingly. Yeah. Like play it, like at least put him in a situation where he can succeed or at least break yeah. even. And like I'm sure, you know, a Darnell Nurse who's really hurt who plays 13 minutes a night would be better than, you know, that other guy playing 13 minutes a night, right? Like Right. But like playing him 24 minutes a night, there's no way he was more impactful on the game than a guy who, you know, you push all of those defensemen up in the lineup to play bigger roles. And like it's kind of like addition by subtraction, if if you want to use a poor analogy for it. But it's just like you have to deploy guys in a situation to succeed. But it's almost like coaches are like this all the time, and like even the best coaches are, where it's like this guy is this guy, and I can't play him any other way than the way that I've played him all season, no matter how hurt and battered he is. Mark Stone's a prime example of that, right? Mark Stone comes back, he's playing top line minutes, clearly couldn't shoot a puck. All, all at the end of the season. And for some reason, he wasn't dropped down, right? Take him off the power play, right? Like, get these guys out of primary spots if they can. Do the things you need them to do. Well, that was, like, like if you... Like, Austin Matthews at the start of the season was like that. He had that wrist surgery in the offseason, like, right near the end. And for the first, like, 10 or 15 games, like, he barely shot the puck. And it's, yeah, like, it's like, really? Like, I get who he is and how good he is, but still, like, he can't score right now, and that's the one thing he does the best. There are players who, like, it really depends on the injury, because, like, Ryan Lindgren, like, he was going through it in the in the New York series big time. Well, he's and, the classic tin man, though. Like, But also, he, he would come back and be super effective, right? Like, he was playing hurt, but he was playing hurt well. Like, he was able to simplify his game. You know, it, if you can't move, right? you have to change the way you play. I think Victor Hedman, the, the first cup that they won, was a prime example of that, where he was, like, playing on one leg. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl, for, for example, as well, too. He changed his game because of his injury and was really, really good. Like, there's, it, it's been a stark playoffs, for examples, uh, and a guy on his own team of people playing through injuries and how to do it well and how not to do it, right? Like, you can't just go out there and expect to, you know, be yourself and just play the same way and just play through the injury because, like, you're physically limited from like pivoting or turning, right? Which but I feel like is important in hockey, maybe just a little bit. Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat. For sure. Uh, okay, so over on the other side, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Stanley Cup final for the third year in a row with a chance to three-peat, finishing off the Rangers Dynasty. in six, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, they won four straight uh, after going down 2-0. So as we were recording the last podcast, the Rangers were up 2-0. Uh, <laughs> I was I was feeling very good about my bets. 2-0 uh, in game three. Uh, and then Nick Paul got pulled in uh, during the basically John Cooper basically told Nick Paul that he's not allowed to do his uh, uh, intermission interview and called him into the room. And from that point on, the Lightning never lost another game. Uh, I don't but. know if that's the reason, but, uh, and then in game five surge, like l- late goal lightning is how this whole playoff run for this team should mm-hmm. be called. Uh, they won so many games scoring in the last five minutes in regulation, which is kind yeah. of unheard of for, I guess you could say for the NHL, it doesn't happen a lot. Usually teams just like sit down and play scared until the friggin' yeah. overtime happens. Yeah, uh, but uh, Sergachev scored a late goal in Game Five, uh, and Nick Paul laid the classic pick that's uh, legal for every team but the Leafs, apparently. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Uh, I'm not gonna rant about it. I just think it's hilarious. Like all, all the whole playoff run on Twitter, there is a nonstop like connect this to the Leafs, but it's almost it's not by Leaf fans. It's by people who hate Leaf fans, and they're trying to like <laughs> bring up these Get narratives that like all these Leaf fans are complaining and making like. I saw a banner mm-hmm. where it was like the Leafs have a banner where it's like lost in the playoffs to the last three mm-hmm. Stanley Cup finalists or something like that. Like it was stupid shit that's like fun. that. Um, yeah. And then uh, that same game, there was a big melee at the end and Sam Coast fought Lafreniere, uh, which is a great look, a battle of first round picks in the playoffs, which is pretty fun. 
Yeah, sweet. Beat up a 19-year-old, absolutely. Yep. yep. I mean, that's Perfectly what I like to fine. do on my weekends. Nothing wrong with that. I like to Nothing beat wrong the shit out of 19-year-olds uh, on my weekend. Yeah. Whatever. Can you imagine? Just think about that. Like, think, how old is Stamkos now? Like, what? Like, 35? 31. 36-ish, yeah. no, right? he's that old. No, he's not 36. 34? I, th- I thought he was 32. I think we just think he's old. But I'm going to check right now. You'll check right now because I need to. It, it's not going to be as funny if we don't he know. He's 32. He is 32. So Stamkos is 32. So imagine if you're 32 and you just go to the bar some weekend and you just like tune up some 19-year-old. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's really weird to think about. Even if you're 32 years old and you take a 19-year-old home from the bar and sleep with them, people are probably going to like look at you a little sideways depending on who you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, But hey, hockey, right? So why not? Well, I mean, he's an NHL player technically, so it's he's I guess fair game, but you know, it's a kind of a tough look, I guess. If, and like Kucherov was the one who started all of that, which is just classic Kucherov, yeah. which I love. But yeah. Uh, okay. Been, uh, fun. So uh, the at this point after Game Five, the Lightning have now won three straight games, uh, and Gerard Gallant is scratching and clawing for any kind of advantage. So obviously, what you would do scratching. <laughs> Yeah, uh, is you would scratch a second overall pick for a guy named Dryden Hunt, <laughs> <laughs> who is who they actively went out to get players to make sure wasn't in the lineup. <laughs> this is remember when we talked about like the biggest problem with Gallant is if you give him bad players, he will play them. This is what yeah. happened in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, now there's all these rumors about Kako getting traded or like, if I'm Kako, like I'm livid about this. Like, honestly, like I would be insanely mad. Like the kid line was the talk of the whole fucking playoffs. Like there had to have been at least three other guys you could have easily scratched instead. Like who is way more likely to score a goal for you? Kako or anybody currently being scratched? Like, give me a fucking break. It's crazy. He's 21. He's 21 and I'm already like. He's getting close to Kratz off with me where I'm just like, I don't care about this guy until he is something. Like, I just, I'm not there at all for the potential anymore. I don't care. Why would you say that after a playoff run like that? What do you mean after a playoff run like that? He was a, so I don't agree with the scratch because I don't think the, the Rangers with all the injuries weren't as deep as they should have been. He had five points in 19 games, Adam. Yeah. There were five big points probably. He was not doing as much as I think we give him credit, as you're trying to give him credit well, for. And I know you have some some weird uh, 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 aff- affiliate to him or whatnot. I have him signed for a few more years in auction. Lafreniere, Lafreniere, and and Hedl were the ones who were doing like he was very much a passenger from the games that I watched at least. Um, you know, he's like Lafreniere was able to like dominate at times, which I you love to see. Like I'm super excited for him next year. Um, especially if Strom's gone, you know, put Cop at center and move him up. Um, I think he's a really good player. He c- can be a really good player. Um, I just don't see it from Kako, which is a little worrisome, right? Because he was thought to be the more NHL-ready player, and, and by that maybe they meant like bottom six NHL-ready kind of, kind of thing, which is n- not what you expect out of a second overall pick. Yeah, the Rangers will be a team to look at, especially that Kako Kravtsov situation next year, um, yeah. if they're both on the team, especially. Yeah. Uh, the other big problem, the Rangers couldn't score at even strength, basically. Um, unless they were on the power play, they basically couldn't score, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and e- Yeah, I mean, that's, the New York Rangers can't play defense and, uh, and, you know, are reliant on a power play. Like, it's not a real... Like, I, I got I bet on them. I was, I was clearly all in, but... You know, they didn't tighten up at all. They, you know, Shosturkin had to bail them out constantly, and that doesn't work against really good teams. Sorry, it doesn't. It was weird to hear Elliot Friedman sing the praises of Gerard Gallant bringing the team together this year in New York and me being like, so, like, Igor was otherworldly for, like, 75% of the season, and then you guys added good players. that Like, Cop was a good ad for them at the deadline, and then everything came together for the last... Like, there was, like... I don't know. I I can't give him much credit there. Like I, you could argue he got out coached in the playoffs, at least in yeah. the last round. I'm really hope they're not one and done. I don't think they can be with just jerking like borderline. Like no, I just to me they're a perennial now. I think 
but they could be the Winnipeg Jets, right? Yeah, true. Like, that is that is within the realm of possibility where they just you know never can get it done. Well, they, they got, do have they true got about as they got about as far as the Jets ever got, and then now you know we've seen them miss miss the playoffs, right? So there might be a few years of of success relative to. Um, like I guess uh, the rest of the league, if you will, like making the playoffs is a successful season. That's great. Um, but like, you know, they're kind of in this weird spot now where they just don't feel deep enough. Like, and people are singing the praises of that defense core. And like, I get the top three is pretty good, right? Like, you know, Lindgren, Keandre Miller and, uh, and Adam Fox. But like, you know that you, you gotta have you gotta have a, a good six to go to, right? Like Justin yeah. Braun looked really bad. Nemeth was bad. Well, they are bad. Braden Braden Schneider might be good, but like again, Gallant just didn't play him. Right? Well, he's young. That's he why just didn't play him. I guess, but like I thought he was good. I thought he was playing well enough to maybe get some more minutes. But I just don't think they had a partner for him, which is unfortunate. Uh, okay, so the Bolts, uh, Tampa Bay has now won 11 consecutive series. Do you remember when they last lost a series, Tyler? Yeah, Columbus. Yep, 2009 sweep to Columbus when they set the NHL 2019. record. 2019, <laughs> not nine. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally looking at 2019 on my screen, so yep. that's good for me. You said 2009, yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's go back in time. Bah, 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 yep. bah. That's a long time. Uh, do you know who is the only team to beat Tampa Bay at home this year in the playoffs? Um, Toronto. Correct. Let's move on to our bets. Oh, my Woo! God. That was so dumb. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go through some of my bets. Uh, these are the old bets and carryovers that I have lost now. Uh, so I had the Oilers at plus 1,300 to win the Stanley Cup. That's done. Uh, I had McDavid to win the Conn Smythe at plus 1,400. That's obviously done. Uh, and I had series bets for the conference final. And if I would have had them flipped, I would have got them both right. Uh, and that's annoying. I had the Avs to win 4-2 and the Lightning to sweep. Um, mm -hmm. That's annoying. Uh, what but. bets have you lost? Uh, what, what bets are off your board, I guess I could, you should say, right, Tyler? Yeah, so I had Rangers to win the Eastern Conference and the Stanley Cup, which I have lost. I had Zabinijad and Sesterkin as Smythe winners, which I had lost. And then both uh, bets I made the previous round, I lost on. I had Tampa winning four two, so just didn't uh, just didn't get that right. And I had Edmonton to win Game One and lose the series, which obviously did not happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so bets I have carrying over to the Stanley Cup final that I've already made. Uh, I have $2 on the Bolts to win outright at $650. I have $5 on Vasilevsky at $500 to win the Conn Smythe. I have $3 on Makar at $450 to win the Conn Smythe. And $2 on Hedman at $2,500 to win the Conn Smythe. Mm, uh, do you have, bad you'd bet too little. Yeah. Do you have anything carrying over still? I have Tampa to win the cup at plus uh, eleven hundred for five dollars, which uh, is looking pretty good Damn, right now. You got that early. Mm -hmm. I had it before the first round started, um, and then I have three con Smythe bets remaining: Nate McKinnon at plus five hundred for five dollars, Kale McCarr for plus five hundred for five dollars, and Andre Vasilevsky for plus five hundred for five dollars, wow. which are all thirty dollar payouts. So if Tampa went and. Maybe maybe we'll go through our series bets first, because let me tell you, if Tampa wins in a very specific way and the cons might breaks right for me, we're looking at a like hundred fifty dollar payout at this point, wow. which would be great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, do you have any new bets? Yes, I have one. I, I'm gonna officially bank twenty six dollars of the uh, winnings that I've had up front in hopes of winning my money back at some point in this the, with the through the Stanley Cup final. Um, my one bet this series is series correct score Tampa to win four games to three. Um, the odds are plus five, seven, five. Uh, I bet $3 and 85 cents to, so I banked an even amount of money. Um, uh, and the payout for that is $25 and 98 cents. Okay. So I made a few more bets for this round, mm -hmm. uh, cause I didn't make as many last round. Uh, yep. I have $3 on the bolts to win the series at four to two. 
uh, and that's at 575. I have $3 on the Bolts to win the series four to one. That's at a thousand. And I have $3 on the Avs to win in game seven. That's at 400. And then just for fun, at plus 8,000, I put $3 on Andre <laughs> Palat to win the Consmite. That's fun. You like you love bets like that. Plus eight. I just um, looked at it and I was like, that is ludicrous. Like you could easily see yeah. him scoring three goals in four games and winning that thing. Yeah, he definitely could. Because uh, that narrative um, with him is already there right now. So Yes, it is. He's getting a lot of, uh, like he's second all time in Tampa Bay Lightning playoff scoring. Yeah. Uh, and he's, like he's going to get paid this offseason. Maybe. If Tampa Bay wins in seven games and Vasilevsky is named the Conn Smythe winner, I, I would have made 116 butts, bets on uh, my futures. If Tampa wins? Which would be great. And Vasi, Tampa wins in seven games and Vasilevsky wins the Conn Smythe. I will be at uh, 25 and... Bolts, correct, 650, so 13. I'll be at like almost 40, I think, nice. if that happens. I think Colorado is probably going to win. I want them to win. So I did the – like with my one bet that I did, I did the the classic like, okay, if Tampa goes in three-peats, like that'll be cool, but I'll have money on it. Yeah. But if, if, if Colorado wins, I'm probably winning $30 just based on my cons, my picks. Like McKinnon or McCarr are definitely going to get it if they win. Um and like I want Colorado to win more than I want Tampa. But honestly, like just talking more more broadly about this series, this is the best Stanley Cup final I think since. <sighs> I mean, ratings wise, St. Louis Boston was probably pretty good. I'm gonna go back as far as like L. A. Uh, New York, in terms of like best yeah. teams, like big markets, like good storylines. Like it's been a while since we've had such a good strong Stanley Cup final. Um, definitely the last two years have sucked. Just in terms of like, it's those weird teams are making the finals. It's just not fun, right? Um, but this is Tampa's biggest test, man. This this is, you know, to erase all the doubts. Full 82-game season, normal playoffs, no COVID restrictions, none of that shit. And they're going to face one of the best teams in the league. Uh, if Tampa wins in five games and Vasilevsky wins a con Smythe, I'll think I bank almost 100 bucks. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, and you know what? It, that's probably the best thing for both of us to happen. Like if yeah. we if we were to combine the what we need, like Tampa winning and Vasilevsky winning the Conn Smythe, we as a podcast have won money, and we've probably made my hundred dollars back. Probably. Uh, and if Platt hits at three dollars at plus eight thousand, what's the payout for that? <laughs> that's a oh, lot, isn't it? it? Uh, you didn't do it here. I'll do it real quick. I'll no, I didn't. The, I just like that's insane. I have to do that. I'll look at what I, what the bet actually was. Hold on. Um, unsettled. Like, wouldn't it be? Palat. Uh, it's two hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say two hundred forty bucks. Yeah. Okay, so Tyler, true. if Tampa, if Tampa wins in five <laughs> games and Palat uh, scores like a hat trick. No, in the if game, Palat yeah, gets the Con Smythe, I think that's almost like three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, you would have uh, tripled our money, which is fantastic. Oh yeah. my God! We need okay, everybody in Potted Podland, you need to pray for Andre Palat, Consolite <laughs> win, and a Bolts uh, one in five here. Does this make us betting experts if that happens? Like that you hit a huge bet in, at the end, like a hail, absolute hail mary. Oh, dude, these uh, futures bets like this, I'm telling you, for next season, I'm gonna hit on something crazy. If we're doing yeah. like Con Smythe or if we're doing Art Ross and that kind of stuff, like we're yeah, getting some it would be odds. it would be regular season awards. Yeah, Ooh, I can't wait for that stuff because I'm gonna put like a dollar on some just donkey at plus ten thousand over the bet. <laughs> uh, okay, one last thing I want to do before we end the podcast here, uh, Tyler. I need you to bring up a Wikipedia list of all the Stanley Cup winners. Okay, Stanley. and then I need you to go to the most recent team. Okay. Which would be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. And now, yeah, in well. your head, look through all the teams that have won and go back, like, reverse chronologically. And tell me when you get to a team that did not draft the goalie they used the most to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. let's let's do. I'll do this out loud. So, okay. Tampa, last two years, obviously, Vasilevsky, they drafted. Yep. Um, I assume St. Louis drafted Bennington. Yep. Uh, Brayden Holtby for Washington. And Grubauer so they, was the uh, other starter, so he was also drafted by them. Okay. Not that um, that really counts, but... Sure. The Penguins 
back to back would have been Flurry and Murray. Matt Murray, who actually won the cup. Yep. yep. So they definitely drafted both of those guys. Um, Chicago 2015 would have been Corey Crawford. So I assume they drafted Corey Crawford. They did. You have the answer, right? I do have the answer. Yep. Okay, good. So we, I just get to, to riff. Okay. Um, LA Kings, Johnny Quick, definitely drafted. Chicago Blackhawks, that's Crawford again. LA Kings, that's Quick again. Boston Bruins, that would have been Tim Thomas. Yep. They wouldn't have drafted Tim Thomas. They did. They did? Yep. Okay. Okay, Tim Thomas. So that Chicago was one I was worried about. I looked that one up. So unless I looked at it okay. wrong, but I'm pretty sure I looked up Tim Thomas was drafted by them. Chicago Blackhawks, Anti Niemi. Drafted I by think them. would be the one. They drafted Anti Niemi? Yep. Okay, Pittsburgh Penguins, then 2009, that's Flurry. Yep. Detroit Red Wings, 2008. Um, is that the Has- is that Hasek Osgood? Who is 2008 Red Wings goalies? Uh, I don't actually know. I can't remember 100. percent But it's. Um, uh, but you're telling. Well, me that okay, Nami was technically undrafted, so. Okay, so then it's Niemi. That's technically not. That is technically correct. I guess we're still skipping him to keep going. Oh, because you have a narrative. Okay, I. I don't have a narrative that. actually. Um, so who played playoffs? Chris Osgood would have been the starter. And he was Detroit. drafted by them. And you're sure about the Nessie? Now I want to double check all of these. Uh, who is he drafted by? Uh, yeah, drafted by the Red Wings. Okay. Um, Anaheim Ducks would have been Shigar. Shigar. Yep. Yep. So we're drafting there. Cam Ward, Carolina would have been drafted there. Tampa Bay Lightning, Happy Bullen. Yep, drafted by the Lightning. Really? Okay. Devils would have, 2003 Devils would have been Broder. Yep. 2002 Red Wings, that's Hasek, right? Correct. And that's the first one. Technically, if you want, well, Niemi's kind of like, Niemi. Niemi's the, like, whatever gray area, if you will. Yeah. But basically, in the last 20 years, there have only been two goalies that weren't drafted by the team that won a Stanley Cup. And that's Still Hasek and Niemi. And Niemi is definitely an exception because Leighton was the other goalie in the final that year. So Darcy Kemper could. Um, be uh, an exception to that rule, Correct. or it's or we it's go back Vasilevsky to Vasilevsky and... and we still basically sit on almost Hasek since O two because so like Niemi didn't play for anyone else, right? Yep. Yeah. So my narrative no, isn't necessarily played, that like Niemi played for. What do you mean? He didn't play. He was undrafted, he so he before. hadn't played for another NHL team yet. Like the Blackhawks were still the first team he ever played for. I see. Maybe you um, just need to reword your question. So I would say that any team that's looking for a goalie to win them a Stanley Cup. Draft them. Draft them. That's not good for the Leafs. That is not good for the Leafs at all. <laughs> how does it affect the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, yeah, how's this? Yeah, that's the, I. You know what? There, it, it, I don't know how if I had a set in popularity and I could spin off into a hockey podcast, it would be hilarious to do a podcast entitled like a hockey podcast entitled "How Does This Affect the Leafs?" And you just do regular hockey talk, and then at the end, you just like do a crazy narrative about how this actually affects the Leafs. Yeah, uh, it would. I'm sure that exists. I mean, it would probably be better than whatever Dangle's doing, right? <laughs> all right uh that'll be the podcast for this week uh we will talk to you next week bye <laughs>